Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of the Impactful Authenticity Podcast. My name's Lucy and I'm really pleased to have Carl Emerson with me today. Now Carl has worked in healthcare for a number of years and actually went on to set up his own company, Inside Out Solutions, after going through his second redundancy. Now one of my favourite things about having set up this podcast is this opportunity to have a short conversation with people to find out a little bit more about their lives, how authenticity has shown up so that when we get to the podcast, we can try to really focus in on those couple of areas. And even for people that I've known a really, really long time, I recognize we don't really talk about authenticity very much in our day-to-day conversation. So I've got to learn lots of things about people who, yeah, I've known for maybe even 20 years or so. So this has been super lovely. And one of the things with Carl that um, I found really, really interesting when we were chatting was around this idea of people's unknown superpowers. And so I'm really excited to dig into that as well as some other areas with Carl um, through the conversation today. So welcome, Carl. Thank you very much. Pleased to be here. And maybe let's start with what three words would you use to describe yourself? And are there three words that are the same for Carl as part of Inside Out Solutions or um, Carl Outside Work? Are they the same or are they slightly different? Cool. This is a question I ask so many of my clients. Um, oh, it's right. not a question that I often get asked myself. <laughs> so brain rapidly spinning here. I would say that I would describe myself as being creative, energetic, and fun, Ooh. both in my business and in my private life. And that's quite cool because I hadn't actually thought about the fact that they did align until you asked me the question. And of course, I don't think they would have aligned in previous roles, which I quite like. Ah, so what I guess then nicely leads on to why do you think it was different before? What were sort of the situations that you may have been in or or what kind of influenced you to be in a situation before where you maybe didn't have those alignments to moving to a place where you now feel perfectly aligned? I think it's difficult to be 100% your true self when you are fitting into a structure and a formal big corporate entity. And so while, yes, I was creative when I was in mainstream pharma, yes, I did bring energy, and but it had to be tempered by other constraints. And I don't think that would be necessarily the adjectives that people would pull off straight away with me. So now running my own business, being my own boss, I can align better and that's nice for me I yeah lovely and definitely looking at this fabulous Hawaiian shirt you're wearing today you you definitely look fun (laughs) um so that actually nicely leads on to this area that I'm really interested in about um kind of how I would describe it and I've read in other places authenticity within context so that you know there's different ways that people show up authentically and it's not to say that you're not being authentic it's just that you're kind of reading the scenario you're in or maybe the company setting you're in and you have to kind of adapt and and that's okay that's not something that people should be necessarily um kind of kicking themselves about but that as long as you're kind of you have your core values you're kind of staying true to what those core values are it's fine to kind of show up slightly differently and I just wonder um 
kind of what you think about that do you sort of agree or do you think actually no we um we should be able to kind of be authentic all the time in exactly the same way Hmm. I do like what you said about values and making certain that we communicate according to our values and what's true for us. And I'm also aware of the fact that often when we're in a contextual situation, what is said and what is expected isn't necessarily aligned. Uh, and I remember this because I was once I was once stopped at Heathrow and they asked me, did you pack your suitcase yourself? And I said, no, my wife packed it for me. And the person said, oh, sir, then we've got a problem. Oh. And I was like, well, I didn't want to lie because my wife had packed my suitcase. And the person I was with spoke to me. And he was actually a, um, uh, a church preacher man. And he said, Carly said, you should have said yes. And I said, but I'd be lying. And he said, they're not asking if you packed it. They're asking, are you safe to travel? Yeah. And it was an interesting change because if you're going to be authentic, it isn't necessarily about always speaking, well, I don't believe that and I don't think that, or this is who I am, mm. but indeed reacting to your context, as you said, Lucy, and making certain that it fits appropriately in that context, as long as you're aligning with your values and the main drivers and your ethics. Yeah. Well, I hope, did you manage to travel, Carl, or did you get oh, yeah, I up? traveled. <laughs> but it, it, but it, was, it, was, it was an interesting yeah. one for me because I see that as well when it comes to interviewing. I see that when it comes to meetings, what somebody says. And what they really are asking isn't necessarily aligned. And that doesn't mean they're not being authentic, but mm. it is part of the, the communication dance. Yeah, they're really interesting. Have you got like an example that you could share in that kind of setting? I, yeah, I mean, when it comes to, I, I love getting people ready for interviews. It's just oh. like, it, it started off as a little bit of a hobby and, and now I've turned it into something I do for work. But for example, the... One of the, the ridiculous questions that sometimes people prepare and sometimes they're even asked is, you know, what is your biggest weakness? Mm. Uh, and I despaired when I saw this question being asked of the, um, the candidates for the conservative leadership recently, because it's, this is a question they should be better prepared for. Mm. And it's not what is your weakness? Oh, I'm oh, I work too hard or I care too much. You know, people try to put it into something <laughs> yeah. positive. Okay? And, but at the same time, when they ask the question, what's your biggest weakness? They don't want to know that you bite your fingernails in a meeting. They don't want to know that you're... It, it's a question of what is it that you have learned about yourself? What's your level of self-awareness? Mm -hmm. What are the issues that you've seen in yourself? What have you done to address them? And how are you managing yourself? They're not going to ask you know, how self-aware are you? Because people wouldn't answer that. Yeah. But if you ask a question that's different, there's a question underneath it. Does, does that make sense, Lucy? No, it does. And it's, it's you're making me smile because I'm thinking back that I've been asked that a couple of times in an interview myself. And I'm trying to remember what I said. <laughs> but yeah, well, hopefully it was a, it was a good answer because I got the job. But um, yeah, no. Sounds true. Yeah. <laughs> we'll stick with that. Um, so just sort of sticking on this kind of theme of you and and how potentially kind of you show up do you find that depending on your clients or the companies that you work for do you show up a little bit differently in different kind of spaces or working with certain people i think this is central to the effectiveness of my role as a as a facilitator and a trainer which are two of the main things i do in my business because you have to work with the energy in the room and if the energy in the room is low, then it might be that you do a low energy work. 
or it might be you need to lift the energy. And if you need to lift the energy, that means injecting energy yourself. And that's something I'm good at. So understanding what is correct in that context means I can come across differently with different audiences because they've got different needs at different times. Mm -hmm. It's all part of me, but a different aspect. Mm. Yeah. And have you found there's cultural differences as well, depending on, I don't know if most of the people you're working with are kind of based in Europe or Switzerland or around the world? I, I've run training courses all around the world. I found it fascinating, the cultural differences. You run the same workshop in Asia as you run in North America or in um, Africa, and you run it in South America. And culturally, it's really very different. And mm. the energy that's there is very different. I mean, all the groups I worked with were generally very engaged, but they reflected it differently. So, for example, whenever we did a workshop in Asia, people wanted to do some kind of drama or do some kind of um, game on, and to video it and do something technical and presentations with special stuff. I mean, that was wow. that was just the, yeah. it, it might be a time print of that time. But at the same time, you know, a few months later, I was in South America and the same workshop. And basically, everybody wanted to dance the whole time. As soon as you stopped for coffee, the music was on. As soon as you stopped, anybody was dancing. They were all dancing continuously. And this wasn't something they did it was just something they were being and so you have to adapt to that audience you have to work with that flavor and make certain it's still effective so how are your dance moves carl (laughs) oh extremely bad (laughs) (laughs) well i look forward later to hearing what song you're going to select for our kind of little feature so i'll wait for that one but that's exciting thank you so much for that and um you spoke there a little bit about kind of the team dynamics and sort of feeling the energy in the room and kind of working with that and seeing how that is. Have you also seen with the team dynamics that there's been a change over time in terms of sort of the diversity of people within teams in all different aspects of of diversity, maybe not just the ones that would automatically come to mind? Um, And have you sort of also seen on top of that, are people trying to be um more open and trying to build cultures of kind of openness and authenticity within teams and the dynamics that they're trying to build two big questions rolled into one sorry Um, (laughs) (laughs) we can split them out so first off i do think that we've seen a change in the nature of teams um and this is something that has happened slowly in my experience in different roles in different companies in different locations where it was very much you got people who are very aligned very samey and very culturally aligned and same kind of background and you found that managers were very much recruiting clones of themselves and you know they knew it worked for them they knew it was good for them and that was something that they applied And I think now, more recently, people are certainly starting to appreciate the advantage of diversity, diversity of thought, Mm. diversity of approach, diversity of background. And of course, then you have to allow people to to show up differently. You have to give people the space to be able to, um, uh, to reflect that part of themselves in the workplace. And, and that's that's a change I've seen. I don't think it's a, a big change. I think it's got a long way to go, particularly when it comes to the whole question of things like neurodiversity mm. and um, the different structures that people put on their life. Yeah, that's interesting. Thank you. Um, 
And I guess, do you think, you know, are there any small or easy steps that people can start taking to think about how to kind of help change some of that dynamic themselves? Yes. If we're going to change the dynamic, then we can't wait for somebody else to change it. We have to do something ourselves. Um, And we can often look from the outside at structures and systems and say they're broken, and sometimes they are. But we have to do two things in parallel. One is try to change the system, and two is try to make certain that we personally are having an impact in doing something different. And I think the first thing for this is really to build self-awareness. You know, when we build self-awareness, we think about who we are. We think about what three adjectives we would use to to describe ourselves. We think about how we come across. That helps us to then decide more about our contribution, how we contribute in different settings. But coupled with that is the important aspect that other people are different from me. Mm -hmm. And if we see everybody else through our own lens and not through their lens, then we are tending to make um, an error and depriving people of the opportunity to contribute. So those two things, I think, go hand in hand. Mm. Yeah, it's been actually, I feel like doing this podcast has often been quite a really great reflective session for me, because as people are kind of talking and sharing things, it's really, it's making me be reflective of myself afterwards, particularly when I go back and listen and edit some bits and pieces. It's, it's, I find, I find it very therapeutic doing this podcast, I've got to say. So for those people I'll send you my bill after. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. It'll be, it'll be money well spent, I'm sure. And this is probably a nice link from how you've described that to, to, to what I mentioned in the introduction around this kind of idea of superpowers. I'm wondering if you can kind of just explain to the listeners sort of what is this idea of sort of your natural superpower? Yeah, I'll see if I can keep this quite quick because it's quite tied into the fact that my daughter is autistic. And my old daughter, you might describe her as a high-functioning autistic, but she would take offense at that because she says, and this is an example of your question, Mm. you know, why are you saying I'm high-functioning when you are comparing me to you? You She says, I'm the next phase of human evolution, so don't call me special just because I align with something that you do. So Mm. there's a sense of which this pattern of the world, which is different, enables you to to see things in a different way. So recognizing the pattern I put on the world and what I call normal Mm. and what my daughter puts on the world and what she calls normal, and these things aren't the same. Now, if I'm always seeing through my normal, then I might not see that there is something that I am doing which is special or different. An example, a friend of mine's daughter, very clever daughter, only discovered at the age of 18 that she was the only one in her class who could see numbers as colors. She was synesthetic. Now, why would you tell people that you can see numbers of colors? Mm-hmm. It's normal to you. Yeah. Now, this is a super ability that she's got that she can apply in her studies and in her work. And so there are things that we do that we think are normal because it's all we've ever seen. Mm. And if we can start to recognize them through self-awareness, through other bits and pieces, maybe we can start to identify some superpowers. And I love that. Mm. I love it. And do you know what? I've been desperately trying to think of if I have a superpower <laughs> since we last spoke. <laughs> I'm still not sure I have, but maybe I haven't had enough conversations with people just talking about how I see and view and and kind of see things around me because I guess that's it's the conversation part isn't it it's being vocal and kind of opening up to 
how you view things, how you see things, how you process things that actually make you recognize that either that is exactly like all the other people around you or it's something very unique to you. I I think you're on the right track, though, Lucy, because just asking the question straight away means that you're ready for the answer. And, and, And personally, I've identified a number of superpowers that I've got, but I've identified them very slowly and painfully. And one in particular I'd like to mention has taken me decades. Oh, wow. And and this was embarrassing because I was asked by, when I first set up my business, if I facilitate a leadership team meeting. And I said to my friend who asked me, why are you asking me that? And she said, well, you do that, don't you? I said, no, 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 I do something else. She said, I thought you did that. I said, no. I said, let me think about it, 24 hours. And I thought, actually, I've been facilitating meetings for a number of decades, 25 years at the time. And I ran this off-site meeting, and it was just like a brilliant success. And I got so much work from it. And mm-hmm. then I started to remember that for decades, and I do mean decades, people had said to me, oh, wow, Carl, how do you do that? Yeah. How is it that you're able? And there's, for example, I, I could run an all-day meeting, and I wouldn't take notes, and I could summarize what everybody had said at the end. And I could say, okay, so the main points of what we discussed were this and this and this, these rejections, these are things that came back. So these are the options we have going forward. Would anybody like to add anything? And people around the table, their jaws would drop and they say, well, no, no, you've got everything. That's it. Okay, fine. Now, I just thought that was normal. And every time somebody said to me, Carl, how do you do that? Oh, no, everybody can do that. So when I'm talking to people about superpowers, I point out the fact, it t- and I normally use some very strong words, 25 years. It took me 25 years of people saying this to me over and over and over <laughs> again, over again. And I stayed in these same jobs and I wasn't before I actually clicked. So you're on the right path, Lucy, and I'm sure it'll fix soon. Wow. No, that's so lovely. Because I think I think originally you, you, you're almost, your mind goes to something that's very, very different or unique versus almost just like what are these things that you, you're amazingly skilled at whether you yeah. know it or not yeah 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 I mean yeah. just like the ability to walk into a room and make everybody smile the ability to get people to open up and to trust you with things which are very personal to them these are things that some people have as superpowers which they again would just think is normal but they're not yeah oh I might have one of those superpowers someone once told me this thing that made me smile even more that apparently every time I came onto a video conference I'm smiling and I never even realized I did that yeah and then I sort of I started looking for it I was like do I I'm never I'm not happy all the time so is this true but yeah I started picking up that I did I all every every single time I always start with a smile so that then made me happy and I realized it was making other people happy because they uh-huh. they know when they speak to you you're always going to look bright and cheerful but I'm not sure that's necessarily my my superpower but that was one thing that somebody noticed that I'd never reflected on and it was only somebody I'd kind of been on calls with maybe like four or five times so they picked it up almost like pretty immediately it was, yeah, it was really interesting <laughs> no, that's definitely so, something worth exploring yeah no I definitely will do um and I and I guess just on a kind of final like wrap up for, for this section before we move into our little kind of um weekly segments, is there any kind of sort of main sort of stories or events that have, have kind of made you feel like you've been able to have this sort of shift in your kind of perspectives around authenticity and and your own kind of journey? 
I think every time I've been asked to do something I thought was impossible, um, every time I've been put in a situation where I felt uncomfortable, then you have to start pulling on different resources and you have mm -hmm. to start looking inside to see what you've got. And I think being being laid off with redundancy is something which gets you to ask some questions. When it happens twice, you ask a lot more questions. Mm -hmm. um, and and then you can ask the questions or you can start to create some solutions and you start something and it's wrong and you start something else and it's not right and you build on it. And so the journey, I think, has been through a series of crises, a series mm. of challenges. And the, the desire to... The desire to make something happen, to create something that comes from me and who I am, yeah. rather than to be too subject to the environment or other people's preconceptions. Lovely. That's a great way, I think, to end. So on that part, Carl, thank you so much for those insights, those observations, and giving me certainly at least, if not hopefully a lot of our listeners, Things to go away and have a think about, which is always, I think, that one of the best things to come from any podcast that I listen to is one that makes me feel I have to go and do some action. So moving on to a couple of our sort of weekly segments. So the first one is our challenge of the week. So is there something that you would recommend for our listeners to have a go at this week that you think would help them kind of connect a little bit more with their own kind of authenticity and their own kind of journey? Yeah, I deal a lot with communication and helping people to, as I say, get along nicely and not throw their toys out of the pram when it comes to groups or pairings and things. And this is often connected with language, communication, and not just language like French-German, but the way we communicate. And getting people to try to find a different style within them, mm. something that's a different way of presenting things. So a challenge for this week, I would say, is see whether or not there's a different way that you could communicate in a setting. Maybe it might just be that you are physically being more actively present or whether or not you're actually actively listening in a bigger way or being quiet and keeping it. So just playing with your communication and recognizing rather than just going to the default, I always do it this way, seeing how you can come across bringing a different aspect of your character, a different aspect of your personality that could be more productive and helpful for your environment. Oh, I love that one. Thank you. Good. And last but not least, music. So is there <clears throat> a song that sort of means something to you that you would be willing to kind of share the song and, and maybe a little bit about the story of why you've picked that one specifically? Difficult question. <clears throat> and I have to say that recently a, a song has been on my mind and on my playlist a fair bit. It goes back a long time, Lucy. And um, so this is songs on so far. That's fine. <laughs> this is a song called "At the Edge" by Stiff Little Fingers, which is a punk band from yeah. the 70s. Oh, you know it. <laughs> I know the band. Yes. And it really spoke to me as a growing teenager in England, and it continues to speak to me, and it speaks to me. Because there is a passion in the music, there is a pushing back against the preconceptions and the things that people say around you, and there is a desire to, to live life at the edge, to push the borders, to do something different, to make an impact, and to not fit into somebody else's mold. And that's a driver, I think, that will always be with me. 
Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting that on. That's this. I put this musical segment in because I'm pretty much obsessed with music and it's been so lovely to go and have a listen. I actually last Friday just kind of put everything together into a playlist on um, on Spotify and have been listening to it quite a lot over the weekend, just kind of listening to everybody's songs and, and hearing kind of all the different flavours. And it's, yeah, it's it's super lovely and it's so inspiring, actually, it just to kind of listen to all the different lyrics that people are picking and why they've been selecting them. So thank you so much, Carl, for sharing that and for sharing all of your stories and insights with us today. So thanks everyone for listening to the show. Have a great week. Don't forget to try out the challenge, try some new forms of doing communication. I know I'll definitely be giving that a go myself. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow um, on your podcast listener of choice. I hope you enjoyed the content and look forward to sharing more stories with you next week. Remember, authenticity is a continual journey small steps can make a big impact. Take care and speak to you soon.